0: Welcome back, world. This episode is about life after TV news, and we have four people who know that life all too well. One of our guests today is Aaron Solomon, who last worked at WSMV-TV in Nashville. Aaron, how you doing, man? Good, Jay. How are you? All is well, man. Good to see you. We also have Lisa Pena. I know her as Lisa Cortez, but now her name is Lisa Pena. Lisa, what's good with you?
1: Hey, Jay. It's so good to see you. It's been a while.
0: It's been a long time, it's been a long time. And there's also a young lady I know who I used to know as Lauren Lapazina. Her last name is now Saver. Lauren Saver, how are you doing?
2: I'm so great. Thanks for having me, good to see you.
0: Absolutely, and Brandon Marshall, this is the guy who I do not know in this panel of awesome guests. I've watched him for years in Nashville at WTVF News Channel 5. Brandon, how are you these days? I'm doing well, thank you for having me on here today. Absolutely, man. Thank you for joining. So I just wanted to touch base with you guys and you know, my world is things that I care about. And obviously being a college professor, I know about leaving the industry. So I wanted to have a discussion and a conversation with you guys and get your thoughts on a couple of things. And Aaron, I'm going to start with you. Take us back to where your journey began in terms of wanting to work in TV broadcasting.
3: Oh my, you don't have enough time for that. But Jay, and I'm the I'm the old timer out of this cruise. So I go way back. Um, But actually coming out of high school, I knew that I either wanted to be a college basketball coach or a sportscaster. And so um, I ended up getting a scholarship to go to MTSU. And the summer before my freshman year, I started working the basketball camps, working that angle and getting to know the coaches and all that on both the men and the women's side. And then the very first day of classes, the first day where it's pretty much just meet your teacher and get your syllabus and they say, hey, where are you from? Um, after each class, I went up to each um, professor and told them what I wanted to do. And one of them gave me um, the phone number for a guy named Hope Hines here in Nashville, who was a legendary sportscaster here in Nashville. He had also worked in, I think Baltimore and San Diego. And he said, give him a call. And so I gave him a call. Um, Hope said, hey, come up and talk to me. And he said, uh, when I went and met with him, he said, hey, can you start interning immediately, like next week? And I was like, "Um, okay. And here I am, I I was a weekend to my freshman year. Um, And I didn't turn it down. I accepted it, even though um, the school would not give me credit for it. So actually I was kind of working illegally. Uh, I wasn't getting paid, wasn't getting school credit, but I didn't care because I knew that working at the CBS affiliate in Nashville, Tennessee, Um, And this was a long time ago. So pre-pro sports era in Nashville was going to be a great experience. And it was. And that's kind of the path it took me down um, the TV route. And so, you know, I was interning at at the CBS affiliate in Nashville all through college and also doing the campus TV stuff at Middle Tennessee State. And that's where it all began. So that was that was quite a while ago.
0: No Predators, no Titans, no soccer. But we won't date you. We won't talk about how old you are.
3: Thank you, Jay, but you were an intern for me, so that tells you how old I am.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, man, it's been a long time. Uh, Ms. Lauren, let me ask you, how did your journey in TV news begin?
2: It, it was really kind of a fluke. Um, I went to college, sorry, that's my dog in the background. Um, she gets real confused on these things. Um, I went to school in Washington, D.C., went to Georgetown University, and uh, really was hot on law school. And I had studied abroad during one of my years at Georgetown, and I ended up a credit short. I thought, oh, God, how am I going to tell my parents I'm a credit short? I need to graduate. So I marched myself into the dean's office uh, at the School of Foreign Service, and I said, "Uh uh-oh, I lost a credit somewhere in the study abroad transfer of things. And luckily, the dean said, no problem. Here's a book of internships. Uh, for Georgetown students and put a big binder on my desk and said, pick one, write me 30 pages about it and we'll call it even and you will graduate. And I was flipping through all these incredible opportunities and I landed on an internship at the NBC affiliate in Washington, DC, where um, Tim Russert was at the time. Uh, the late Tim Russert, and um, I just grabbed that internship. I just thought it was cool and got the bug and thought this was a lot more fun than I imagined law school would be. (laughs) And they helped me put a little resume tape together. And I got a job at the teeniest, tiniest little market in Western Maryland, Hagerstown, Maryland. And then um, was lucky enough to rise the ranks pretty quickly and ended up in in some major markets from there.
0: Now, Brandon, you're the baby of the bunch. Tell us yeah, your yeah. story.
4: Uh, well, my story, I guess, starts right outside of, outside of college after I graduated in 2012, Elon University in North Carolina. But um, prior to that, I'm from Connecticut. So I had interned my senior year at the CBS affiliate in Hartford, um, Channel 3, for, I guess, about a year. and. It was in between my senior year. And then once I graduated college, I went back to uh, be an AP there for about another year and a half. So I started behind the scenes, just writing. And then my first TV, I guess on air, started in Nebraska. I went all the way out to just uh, Parley Market 195 at the time in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. And I was out there for about a year and a half. And then eventually I got tired of the minus 40 degree weather. I booked it down to Waco, Texas. So a CBS yeah, a CBS affiliate out there in Waco. So I was there in Waco about two and a half years. So that was really good. It was a lot warmer and I appreciated that. But I was there as an MMJ. And then after being there for about a year and a uh, two and a half years, I went to Nashville. So I stayed probably the longest time in Nashville and I'm still here. I went to the CBS affiliate in Nashville, um, WTVF, like you mentioned. So and there, I, I started off as an M&J, and then I ended up being a reporter. So it was, it was a good, good mix of working with people and working with, alongside photographers, working by myself. And yeah, I, I think from start to finish, senior year of college to now, it's about nine years. So
0: it, it was a good time. Good stuff. Now, you mentioned uh, Waco, you know, you mentioned Texas, you mentioned small markets. That's where Lisa Cortez and I uh, started our friendship in small market Laredo, Texas, market number 192 at the time. Let me ask you about your journey, Lisa, in reference to your thought process. Was there ever a time in school where you wanted to do something besides TV news?
1: I don't know if I am a unique case or not, but I always wanted to be in news. Um, I started the journey of kind of getting there pretty young. And I would say journey by kind of, that's what I wanted to do. I knew that's what I wanted to do. News somehow was really important in my house. My parents made it like appointment TV, like the 10 o'clock, the six o'clock news is on, the 10 o'clock news is on like kids be quiet you know so I I don't know if that's where I picked it up but when I was around 10 I really started to get the bug and I used to like walk around with a tape recorder and ask my cousins and my sister questions and like pretend I was Barbara Walters or something so I kind of had those seeds planted really young and so whenever throughout school when I had an opportunity to grow in that area I would take it by means of um, leadership roles or speeches or what have you. So I attended the University of Texas at Austin, and they have a pretty strong journalism program. So that's where I um, really learned the ins and outs of news. And I interned at, um, the, at KXAN, which is the NBC affiliate, I believe, um, in Austin, Texas. So from there, um, that summer, was sending out resumes left and right <laughs> and I got a couple of bites but they just weren't the opportunities I wanted so right who am I right out of college to be so picky and choosy about where I was going to go but um I turned down a job in Abilene. I turned down a job in Lubbock at this point I really had to do some I guess self-searching and decide you know do I just not want to move to a small market like what's going on here so I was temping just for the summer at a, um, like a job temp agency, and they made me their, res- their receptionist. And a man came in one day, and he told me that I had a really good voice, <laughs> and I should do broadcast. <laughs> and I was like, well, isn't that funny? <laughs> so I took that as a sign, and the next job opportunity I had was for Laredo, Texas. And like you said, I didn't even remember the market size. I guess it was 192. Wow. <laughs> so went there, and I, I I was a reporter, then I was a reporter weekend anchor, and that's where, yeah, that's where I met you, Jay. We had some good times. I think you were our sports anchor, and I was the weekend anchor um, for a couple of years there.
0: A so. long time ago. I think that was no, 2001, 2002. I remember 2002. it like it was
1: yesterday, but... <laughs> time
0: flies. So speaking of our journeys and how we started let 's talk about where we are now, and then we 're going to go back to the middle of the TV news industry so we 'll start with you, Aaron. What are you doing today
3: i have been it 's kind of funny because I did about as opposite a career change as a person can do <laughs> is um, I have been a financial advisor at Merrill Lynch for right at six years now, and so um, um, I didn't have a finance background. Obviously everything was broadcasting and things like that. But one of the things that I I felt kind of led to it was I was doing news. I did sports for a long time, then I switched over to news. And I was on the news desk and news reporting uh, when uh, 2008, 2009 happened. And I just remember doing so many stories on how many people were impacted negatively by the economic events of 2008. And I remember looking back how many people probably could have been greatly helped by knowledgeable um, um, and and sympathetic advice. Um, And so that's really kind of what led me to doing what I'm doing now. I, I totally I didn't get into this to make money. I got into it to help people. Um, and so now I get to positively impact people on a daily basis, where, as you guys know, in TV news, um, it happens, but not a ton. You know, I mean, looking back, I remember in 2008, uh, 2009, when the crash hit, I went and covered, um, I did a news story. Well, I was actually covering Senator um um, shoot, I can't think of his name right now, but one of our senators who was right in the middle of the auto industry talks, um, Bob Corker. He was speaking to the GM plant in Middle Tennessee, and I went and covered that event. And while I was there, um, some small small town mayors came up to me and just said, hey, we want you... We just need some, we're trying to let people know. They were there to let Corker know, but any of the media know that their county had been directly affected. They were the fifth highest unemployment rate in the entire country for a county. And they were near 30%. And it was because they had had two auto or two manufacturing facilities, uh, one completely closed and one go to half staff that were directly tied to the auto industry. And so they said, can you s- shed some media light on this? And I said, okay, get, you know, gather some people, for me to talk to for a story, I'll come down there next week. And I did the story, and the governor happened to see the story that night on the NBC station here in Nashville and immediately called in the next day. And so um, that was one of those rare instances that I'm sure all of you have had at some point where you actually did a story on air that could help positively impact something and a little bit different than, you know, in sports, maybe you're talking to an athlete he's got a charity event and you help that that's, that's kind of different, but you know, directly positively impacting a community doesn't happen a ton in news. So I guess from my servant side of wanting to help people, what I'm doing now, I get to do more often on a daily basis. I'm I'm trying to help people. And so that's, that's what I've been doing. Um, And what's interesting to me is that I was very nervous about getting into finance or doing a career change later in life. Um, And now now I actually appreciate not being a career finance person. And it's from the communication aspect of things is because everybody on this call right here, when you're going out to a spot news story, you have to convince someone very quickly and make them feel comfortable enough to do an interview on camera with you um, in a very short amount of time. Well, that's a that's a that's a daily psychological thing where we were dealing with people and trying to make them feel at ease. And also what we did, all of us on a daily basis, was sometimes take a complex story and put it down into 30 seconds or a minute, with a seventh-grade education being able to understand it. And so I apply all those things to what I did in TV and sports news um,
0: to what I do now. Lauren, what are you doing these days?
2: Well, I, I, I guess you could say made a very traditional sort of exit from news into the public relations world. Um, I really loved my time in news. I I know we're gonna go back to the middle part uh, next, but I I was really tortured about leaving it. I was at strong stations, uh, great stations, Um, loved who I worked for. Um, However, I had anchored mornings for going on 12 or 13 years. Um, And so that uh, really started to take uh, a toll Uh, I was at stations where the evening shifts were just really uh, legacy-type anchors um, that uh, wouldn't be departing anytime soon. And so it was a choice of, do I want to have a 3 a.m. meeting for 12 more years, or should we make a change here? Um, My husband is also a a top-producing real estate broker who works all nights and all weekends Right when people are home to meet with him about um, selling their homes. He's, he's one of the top agents uh, on the East Coast. And so something just kind of had to give, right? Uh, we also have two small children. Um, so uh, it, was a, it, was, it was the right thing to, to exit from news. Um, I went to work initially for a hospital uh, as the media relations uh, director thought it was really a nice thing i had covered so many health stories loved covering health news it was on paper such a perfect fit and as soon as i got there they eliminated the entire marketing department and said guess what you're gonna now be our marketing person and it just wasn't my wheelhouse and um it it turned out just to be a terrible fit really but there's a silver lining in everything because i ended up leaving that a hospital and every other hospital in town contacted me and said, wow, I've seen all the news coverage and all the news time that you have gotten for the physicians at this hospital. We would really like you to help us. And so, so many of them reached out to me that I started my own little um, consulting entity and I ended up doing PR consulting for all of them which parlayed into um, hotels and resorts and a lot of other companies who just don't have the big budgets to bring in a huge traditional public relations team, but find it attractive to hire one person who's been there and done that and knows how to get that positive news coverage uh, for their brand. And so um, it's, it's turned out uh, really well. Part and parcel of that is I teamed up with a former news photographer that I really loved. And one of the things that we offer too is really high end um, corporate video to, to, to go along hand in hand with some of the public relations, excuse me, consulting that we do for them. And so we come in and use really nice equipment and tell their story. Uh, in a much more affordable way than uh, necessarily hiring a huge commercial production firm or a a huge marketing firm. Uh, So it's worked out really nicely. I I set my own schedule and set my own hours and um, work very part-time, which works with my young kids and and my husband's crazy hours. and, And it's been a really nice transition.
0: What about your transition, Mr. Marshall? Oh, mine... My transition. I guess I
4: should preface this by saying I left in October. I am currently part of a three-person communication team for the uh, for the mayor of Nashville. So, I my title is digital director, and basically that just means I run his social media from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, a little bit of YouTube. Uh, I also oversee the 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 city's web website. Um, so that's been a good transition. We have definitely been busy, I- I'd say, in the last two months or just within the last month because we had a tornado hit the area at the beginning of March, March 3rd. And then about a week after that, a week and a half after that, we, uh, like everybody else all around the world, has has been dealing with the virus. So we've had basically all hands on deck and I left the... I transitioned um, from leaving channel five because I had just gotten a little burnt out. And I I had decided to still stay in Nashville. And thankfully I was able to kind of get this position where I am now because I had interviewed with some people Uh, I had interviewed people for past stories. So just kind of making that connection, I guess. And I still kept their business cards. I still kept networking with them even after I left, um, even after I left TV. So my transition was, it was thankfully smoother than I had anticipated. And this is the only really the first job that I've had outside of the TV business. So I'm still, kind of learning you know well, it, it's going well for now I, I it's going well but how what other opportunities are out there I don't know but I'm just taking it one day at a time so um yeah since since October I've just been I've, I've been working in in I guess the politics side of it and um it's been it's been good because even though I can still, I, I can say I can still use what I learned in the TV business, I'm just working, I, I guess, to, instead of just working with just one, representing one news station, now I get to work with all the TV stations, get to work with all the newspapers, just on a different front, so it's been enjoyable. I have worked every day um, since the tornado, even on weekends, I thought that, you know, now leaving, um, you get weekends off, but that was not the case. And I'm still I'm fine with that. <laughs> I think once everything kind of just dies down in terms of virus, uh, then we can, I can look back and, and still enjoy the work that I've done. <laughs> You're listening to Jay's World Podcast. You can email the show and suggest topics for an upcoming episode. Email jay at J.gilmore at memphis.edu.
0: So, we're all gathered here today for a podcast. And Lisa, you know a little bit about podcasting with your current company. Tell us what you're up to.
1: Okay. Well, right now I am a senior communications specialist for Southwest Research Institute. And we are um, an independent research and development organization in San Antonio, Texas. And we do a little bit of everything um, science, technology, and engineering wise. Um, I. Before getting into this area, I had no idea about all the cool things scientists and engineers are doing every day. And the projects they're working on are part of our lives, you know, from just the technology we use every day. So one big area we're working on right now at Southwest Research Institute is automated driving, which is driving of the future. There is an area of additive manufacturing, which is 3D printing of metal parts. There is a huge area of um, using artificial intelligence to do all sorts of tasks. So my job is to kind of get in on all these different areas we're doing, and that's just a small piece of the puzzle. So, um, And to communicate effectively what uh, we're handling and um, what we're doing and the cool things we're putting out into the world. So we do have a pretty uh, decent sized communications team. There are about 15 of us. And then we have another area that's kind of like um, web and support and printing. um, So our communications all together is probably about 30 people, I'm gonna say. Um, So it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I just started this job going on two years. Uh, So before that, I worked in university communications in their fundraising department. Um, So I left news back in 2012, I should say from Laredo, which is where I left off last time. I I headed west and I worked in the Rio Grande Valley, which is also a border community. And I worked there for about 10 years, um, met my husband there, we decided that that would be our home. So then my son was born, and I just, you know, um, Brandon, I think, mentioned burnout, and that burnout is real, (laughs) and I just felt like it was time for me to focus on my family, and I had, again, with my soul searching, but there I was trying to figure out what the next chapter would hold, and I just decided that, um, you know, I I needed to, to leave the news business, because I always tell people news isn't a job. It's a lifestyle and it's a commitment. So, um, you know, you're on call. Your your nights, weekends, holidays are not your own. So, once my son was born, I just kind of decided that I needed to um, make a lifestyle change. And so, I was actually stay at home mom for about three years, which was great. So then, when I went back to work, it was in university communications in their fundraising department. Um, and then from there, I wanted to move back to my hometown, which is San Antonio. So my husband was great about it. He was able to, uh, you know, come here. Also, we kind of worked it out and I got this job at Southwest Research Institute. So um, kind of doing the whole full circle thing. Um, yeah, I am on the communications team. I handle press releases. I, um, I do a newsletter for our board and advisory trustees and One of the great things I do is I host the podcast for um, SWRI, and I just bring in our different engineers and scientists, and we talk about the the projects they're doing. So quick plug for the newscast, check out podcast.swri.org, and see what we've been up to.
0: So how am I doing as a host?
1: (laughs) You're great, Jay. You're right on on par where you need to be. Different formats here, so all good.
0: let me tell you for a little bit about my transition for the record. So you can be aware. My birthday is Christmas day. Um, in Laredo, my wife and I had zero children. We left Laredo. and went to Huntsville. We had our first, our first child and we had two more in Florida with the three children. I worked 10 straight Christmas days. I worked 10 straight birthdays. If the Miami heat are playing on Christmas day, I'm working on Christmas day. The Miami Dolphins have a Monday night football game on Christmas day. I'm working on Christmas day. So in Laredo, my work schedule, it didn't matter at all. But by the time I got to my third job and I had to leave the house on Christmas, I was like, man, there, have, there has to be something else. So I thought about education. I thought about teaching. From West Palm Beach, Florida, I called Middle Tennessee State. I said, Hey, I got a lot of experience. I want to be a teacher. And they were like, well, you have to have a master's degree. So I wasn't interested in going back to school at all. So instead of leaving the business, I went to CBS Atlanta and I was a sports director in Atlanta for a little bit. And I told my wife in Atlanta, I said, check this out. If you get a job in Nashville, I'll leave TV. (laughs) Two weeks later, She got a job in Nashville. (laughs) Two weeks later, Nashville Shores wanted to hire her to be their director of accounting. And the dude interviewed her on a Wednesday night. And he had the audacity to ask her, can you start on Monday? (laughs) So we're in Atlanta with three children. And I came home unemployed. I came home unemployed. And I wasn't thinking much about teaching at that time. I just knew that to be around grandparents and church family and to be around home was a good look. And I just figured the Lord would work everything else out afterwards. So we were at Nashville Shores the first weekend that we got here. July 29th is my son's birthday. And a reporter from Alabama calls me. She said, hey, Jay, I know you just moved back home. There's this company in Franklin. They're looking for a reporter producer and you will like cover gun sports. And I was like, what? So I'm gonna go home and send them my resume and my link and everything. And I sent this guy some stuff on Friday night, Saturday morning, and he gave me a call on Monday. And he said, man, I would love for you to report for us. So I reported for this national company, uh, Tier One Media, they're in Franklin, Tennessee. And I traveled across the country for a couple of years covering gun sports and marksmanship competitions. And I was straight, you know, I was, I, I was straight. And they lost a major client and uh, laid me off. They lost $300,000 a year. They were like, we love you, but you gotta go. So this package, <laughs> this package right here is your last package, two weeks notice, but this is your last package. So I'm like, damn, what am I gonna do? And I, um, I've always, when I was in high school and college, I umpired baseball. And um, so I started umpiring fall baseball in 2012, 2013, and baseball paid my salary from like February through November. I was calling games and calling games and calling games enough to supplement my wife's income. Cause I was, I was unemployed for real at that point. And uh, someone told me about a brand new high school going up in my neighborhood. That high school was a uh, Stewart's Creek High School. And at that point, high schools had started offering broadcasting. So I told myself, if it's brand new, they have to offer broadcasting. And uh, you like this, Aaron. Someone told me to go to a job fair. Kevin Dyson, the Tennessee Titan uh, superstar, is the assistant principal at Stewart's Creek High School at the time. and He's at a job fair. And I just wanted to meet Kevin Dyson and give him my stuff. And uh, Kevin Dyson told me on a Saturday morning, he said, we're going to call you next week. And next week, Stewart's Creek High School called me. I interviewed in May, June, 2013. And uh, they offered me the job the next week. And I've been teaching the last eight years. So I've been teaching, I've been in education for the last eight years. And um, I taught high school for four years. And after teaching high school, they got on my nerves. The the students got (laughs) literally on my nerves. (laughs) I said to myself, I have to teach some students that really want to go into the industry. Do you really want to tape a show at 1230 at night or 1230 in the morning at MTSU? Because that's the only time you can get into the studio. But you want it so much, it doesn't matter. You know, do you want to cover the Titans at 11 o'clock in the morning on Saturday on Sunday? Or do you want to be at home with your friends? Like, do you really want to go get this? Because I can tell you how to go get it if you want to go get it they didn't want to go get it at the high school level. So uh-huh. I left high school and I got my master's degree. Um, and I taught a year at middle Tennessee state, my alma mater. I taught a year at West Virginia university, uh, which was great, but it was far. And my family's in Nashville. I mean, I was flying back and forth every week and it was fine. There was no problems. Uh, Cause you're only teaching two days a week, Monday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Thursday, no problems. But, Memphis had an opportunity that I felt like with Penny Hardaway and his basketball program, Memphis would be the spot. So I signed a a long-term deal with Memphis and that's where I'm currently located. Um, Although I'm in Nashville, the, the comforts of my own house, I don't have to go back to campus until August. Who knows if, who knows what's gonna happen after this, but that's my journey in terms of leaving the industry. And now I can say this, Brandon, I don't have to work weekends if I don't want to. (laughs) I haven't worked at Christmas since 2010, and it's wonderful. Fourth of July baseball games mean nothing to me. I can go out with my family. So my transition, I love education, but the best part about it is the schedule. The best part about teaching is the schedule. Aaron, when you started in the industry, did you have a time frame? Did you think... 15, 20 years. Did you think lifelong anchor? What was your thought process about that?
3: Uh, Yeah, probably like most people coming out of college, you think you're going to be the next, you know, the next it. You're going to be, you know, the Katie Couric or the Jim Nance or Bob Costas or whatever. You're going to be the next Stuart Scott or whatever you think you're going to be. My whole goal coming out of college, I didn't, uh was to go big time big market espn or one of the big markets or one of the networks or whatever when you're in sports you know my kids were young and i and i my oldest is my son and i couldn't go to his games and i wanted to coach him not just go to his game and then when you're in sports as you know jay you're working like 40 50 hours friday saturday sunday you're never home and that's when your kid you know he was getting into t-ball and all that and so i was like all right let me do the news and i did the morning show um like like you know and 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 that schedule is brutal i did that for about five years um and it was um originally i was like i'll i'll go to espn or i'll go this and that and then over time you learn that in, in that industry, you have a little less control over your own fate than other industries do. I think in broadcast news and sports, um, there's you have a lot less control over your own fate. You're, you're basing it on a news director's you know, hiring a buddy, or they don't like your look, or they want this look, or you're, you're not the flavor of the week. And so it's a little more frustrating in that sense. Um, and those are, and I will say this too, I think... Um, I get frustrated being seeing how divided as a country we are now compared to when I was younger. And that, that kind of sounds like the get off my lawn thing. But I do think it's true. Um, I think there's more division in our, in our society um, lately. Um, partly because of news and broadcasting, but also because of social media. I think those two combined, as you all know, we see more argument shows like every show is an argument or even on election night. They got like 25 people at a desk and you got half of them over here fighting against the other side and they have to pick a side and fight. Um, And so all those things
0: combined are what made me go, you know what? I'll I'll do something else. We're gonna wrap up with some uh, questions individually, uh, but they're gonna be different questions. I'm gonna start with you, uh, Brandon, and I have my professor hat on because I'm always trying to teach my young people. I want you to tell me the importance of networking while you were were a reporter and what that looked like for you in terms of landing this current job.
4: Uh, Yeah, for me, after doing a story um, and Aaron, and he, in his one of his initial answers, he said, you have such a short amount of time to make someone feel comfortable to go on camera and tell you their stories. So for me, I guess I, I, I did that well, but even after the story aired, even after a week or two had passed, I still made the initiative to still just check up on the person and text them a few few weeks after. So I got into that habit and that eventually led to more stories, and it just was easier when it, when it comes to like three when it came to actually finding and pitching story ideas, I would somehow have a plethora of ideas to pick from. But I would say networking and how i'm where I am now it, it went back to that i I would always make it a conscious effort to still just follow up with someone, whether you wanted to shoot them an email or shoot them a text a few days or a few weeks after you did it, their initial story. And that worked out for me. Like I said, I was able to get to where I am now because of a, of making that, I guess, initial connection.
0: Lauren, you mentioned a struggle. What was the most difficult part about you leaving the industry?
4: Hmm.
2: Well, I was really tortured about leaving it. I mean, I I had a really great run. Um, I, a very traditional path i started in a teeny tiny market i got spotted on a maggot reel and that's dating me now right Um, (laughs) i I got spotted on a maggot reel and 10 months later went to a medium-sized market did one contract there and and i was in a top 20 market in my 20s um in Orlando and then I followed my husband to West Palm Beach so I went to a slightly smaller market but still a great a great one um when I got married um so I had a great run and and I loved it and I and I although 12 years on a morning show um on and off takes its toll because I had worked mornings in in every market I like couldn't shake being the morning gal and um although that wears on you after a while, I don't really think schedule is why I left. Um, I knew that going in, that my internship in Washington prepared me well, and they said, kid, you're not gonna ever have a Christmas off.
0: Are you trying to say I wasn't prepared? No, no,
2: no, no, I just, I just, I knew it. I, I knew it, and my family was so proud of me on those Christmases when I was at the anchor desk. They were so proud of me, and, and I, I didn't mind that. I just, I thought there was such a disconnect Uh, Two things really, there was such a disconnect between um, managers who had not been out in the field covering a news story for a very, very long time and would send you for, you know, halfway to Miami from your station in Orlando and expect, you know, just swing by, just swing by and spray that and and write me a couple packages on that. Just so out of touch uh, with what was humanly possible and what wasn't humanly possible by deadline. Um, and I was a hard worker, we all were. You know, it wasn't that we were shying from hard work. It, it, I just found there to be such a disconnect between the house cats at the station and the alley cats out in the field. And secondly, when social well, and the media- the about
3: the quality of work, it hurts the quality of work. Yes,
2: yes, absolutely, absolutely. And the race to be first versus the race to be accurate. I just like to be accurate and um, that that I just found that to be such a disconnect that I struggled with um, because I took a lot of pride in my work and, um, you know, I I had the numbers, I had the Q scores when I left, you know, my general manager at the time said, oh my God, like you were, you were our future. I think there was a little bit of shock in my market uh, when I left. I mean, Jay Jay was there and uh, I was really in my prime. And then social media happened, right? And everything went to the web. And there was this push from the house cats, drive to the web, drive to the web, push to the web, put that on social. And Mm -hmm. we were kind of really just digging our own grave. And go figure, local news isn't doing great. They're losing ad revenue. They're hemorrhaging. And I'm worried, I'm worried about young kids today, Jay, in terms of your class getting into local news. I mean, if you can get yourself to CNN, I don't think they're going anywhere, although they're suffering too. And I I worry that it's gonna go the way of the newspaper. And I I don't wanna say I was this great visionary and kind of saw the decline, but I, I was worried about the decline and I wanted to get myself to another business while I was still relevant and had some time to, to build into something else.
0: I would argue without trying to speak for you four, that all five of us to a degree had the decline in the back of our head. You know, We were forecasting something in the industry. Um, no matter how good the ratings were, I mean, number f- Channel 5 is a dominant station in Nashville, Channel 5 in Palm Beach is a dominant station but you know so many things have been invented and so many things are utilized now in the last 10-15 years i mean if you're smart and you're projecting you can see kind of how things are going lisa turning to you what has been the best part about the transition for you and your family
1: oh gosh there's so much <laughs> um as i said before um you know news is really a lifestyle and it takes a willingness to go and go at the drop of a hat go where the news is be ready and willing at any time and i feel like um this is kind maybe a little dramatic but i felt like a lot of times i was in like handcuffs (laughs) like i did like as aaron said you know i just didn't have a say in my day-to-day life and that was really a struggle for me. At the beginning, yes, I was young and full of hope and vision for where my career would go. And I was excited to do, I was excited to, you know, breaking news, send me, I'm there. I was, it, was, it was an exciting time, but after the years went by, it kind of weared on me a bit and um, wore on me a bit. And um, yeah, I started to feel more like a trap. <laughs> than a career. And I I just kind of had to free myself at some point and make the decision that um I I needed to do something else, which was really hard because I think I feel like we invest a lot of ourselves in this um career choice. It and it doesn't stop when you leave work because you're you're a public face. So you go to the grocery store, you go pump gas, you're doing your normal to day things and, and it really is your life like it's it's from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed you are this news person so at a certain point i just kind of felt like i needed to free myself as i said and um i did and i think the freedom has been great yes i do work for a company and i did work for a university for a, a certain amount of time but just the um i really feel like a person now (laughs) like i i'm able to explore my life outside of work i feel like i have more of that work-life balance sure we can all use more time and you you know for hobbies whatever but um i feel like i do have more work-life balance i i love not being worried that i have to work on a holiday or at night or weekends so um that's been great for me it's been great for my husband for my son we've You know, my son doesn't really know any different. He just expects me to be home on the holidays. So um, yeah, I think that's really been um, just a a huge thing for us. And I did wanna say, as Aaron mentioned, um, I I love that so many of my skills from my recording days transfer over to what I do now. Um, I don't have a science or engineering or technical background, and yet I'm able to take what I, those skills I used as a reporter and dig a little deeper and just ask questions. And I think I'm able to really um, ask those basic questions to help a large audience understand. Um, So I love that I find, um, and also just being comfortable in communication situations, as Erin said, it's. You know, it's part of life and those that can communicate will go farther. And so I feel like um, news was just a vital and important part of my journey. And it was really what I needed at that time. And I, I grew so much from it. I, I learned so much from it. And it was time to just move on to the next thing. So my life overall feels more like mine now.
0: And with that, it's a wrap on Jay's World. And as Aaron and Lisa both say, we have the skills to pay the bills. These are absolutely transferable skills. I don't know that an accountant could find a job quicker than us five in terms of trying to leave an industry and go somewhere else. So for Brandon and Lauren and Lisa and Aaron, I just want to say thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I want to thank you guys for joining me. And this has been Jay's World.
4: Thanks for listening to Jay's World Podcast. Jay's World is brought to you by 5G Media and Gilmore Financial Services. Do you need your taxes done? Contact GFS at Gilmore Financial Services
2: at Comcast.net.